Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. What a celebration this is as we follow up uh, Easter with confirmation and to celebrate our confirmands and their commitment to faith. We're excited for them. Will you do me a big favor just real quick? Will you honor these confirmands even before they begin this day? It is a treat to have them. It is a treat to share in faith with them and to discover their claim of faith in Jesus. And, you know, these, this Sunday after Easter, you sometimes wonder, golly, what are we doing, <laughs> right? And what's next? And what do we do now, right? In fact, I, I wasn't even clear what I needed to do if I needed to throw on more pastel today, so I just <laughs> threw it on again because you just never know, right? So you guys get some more of that, right? And I don't doubt at all that those early followers of Jesus had the same questions. They may not have worried about pastel, but I think they wondered, what are we going to do? What does this mean? What does this look like? How's this going to work, right? And I think of all the gospel accounts and the ways they had kind of impact on what was going on in those early, uh, early days after the resurrection. You know, John tells us that the disciples were locked behind closed doors because they were scared to death. They were afraid the same thing was going to happen to them that happened to Jesus. And then on the other extreme, you've got Luke's gospel where a couple of disciples are walking to Emmaus and, and they encounter a guy that they didn't know was Jesus until they sat down at a meal with him. And, and then at that meal and the breaking of the bread, they, they recognized him and they realized it was their Lord and they had an intimate and a powerful encounter with the risen Savior. Matthew's gospel, from which we read last week, uh, highlights the fact that the disciples need to go on back to Galilee, where Jesus told them they would go, where he would go. And so they encountered him there, and they too had a powerful uh, encounter with Jesus that particular day. But I don't doubt at all that all of them wondered, what now? What, what do we do? Well, in the life of this particular congregation, we started a tradition a few years ago where we wanted to sort of reinstitute what the early church did, because for about the first 500 years of Christianity, in the early church, there were uh, converts to the faith who would get baptized and who would get trained in the faith throughout the season of Lent, and then either the Sunday before or the Sunday after Easter, they would commit themselves to follow Jesus, and they would make a public profession. This goes back some 1,500 years, and we wanted to sort of reinstitute that. So here at Treach, we've reengaged uh, the confirmation ceremony in the worship service, and it's been a powerful engagement for us, too, to discover the ways God is at work. And for some of us, we may not have grown up Methodist, we may not fully understand or recognize uh, what this is all about, but I first want to just call your attention to the confirmation class. And you saw some stuff right before, but I want to encourage you just to see the good-looking kids, right? Good-looking leaders, good-looking folks who are taking charge of them and helping grow them in a relationship with Jesus. They've just had a powerful experience over the last many months. But a part of what we want to claim is what is confirmation and what does all this look like, right? And so part of what we recognize in the United Methodist tradition is that confirmation is the fulfillment of our baptism. Now, sometimes we get baptized as an infant. Sometimes we get baptized as a youth. As you just saw in the generosity story, some of these young people got baptized just a couple of three weeks ago. But all of them have been baptized, and this is a fulfillment of that. Either a promise was made on their behalf when they were infants, or they made their own profession and, and sort of began their Christian journey uh, a few weeks ago in terms of the symbol, symbolism of baptism. But a part of what we recognize of baptism is that baptism is an initiation into the body of Christ. That initiation helps us to understand that we're stepping into a new role, that we're stepping into a new way of being. And that initiation also offers us an incorporation into God's mighty acts of salvation. 
And that is a part of our liturgy, and it's a part of our understanding from Scripture that what baptism does is sort of gives us a trajectory of how it is we're going to live faith and how it is we're going to celebrate this relationship with God found in Jesus Christ. And so um, all of this gathers us together in confirmation, which becomes an affirmation of that faith, that claim that you made either at your baptism or somebody made on your behalf. And so now you're coming forward to say, I affirm this, I profess this, I claim this, and I am now a follower of Jesus. And so then you have to ask the further question, what now, right? Class is over, right? Studies are over. What do you do now? Well, mom and dads and aunts and uncles and church members and colleagues and friends, we all ask that question. What now? Now that Jesus is out of the tomb, now that I've made this public profession, what do I do about it? What do I do with it? Well, Jesus, thankfully, has an answer for us, and He actually has a calling for us to help us know what it is we're supposed to do. So when we follow up in Matthew's gospel from last week, not only is that tomb empty, not only did the women share that good news, not only was there an earthquake, but golly, the, the disciples go back to Galilee and they get a charge from Jesus. And it goes something like this in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, that's where Jesus told them to go, right, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshiped Him, but some doubted. And so there's a mixture of us today ready to worship, ready to celebrate, ready to give thanks, and some of us who are like, I don't know what this is about, and I don't know what we're supposed to do, and it's a good thing we're all here together because Jesus has got something for us. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the age. Friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the gift is that Jesus uh, uh, encounters these disciples and He gives them a co-mission, right? Well, that's what we call it. It's the commission. This is the great commission that Jesus gives us. And so part of the good news is we're in a co-relationship with Jesus. We're not in this all by ourselves. We don't have to do it on our own. We're not isolated, right? We've got this mission with Jesus, and it's a co-mission with Jesus that claims for us a purpose, that claims for us an opportunity. And do you know that there have been billions upon billions of those followers of Jesus who preceded us, right, who understood this and who lived into it, and, and there are still billions of followers of Jesus even to this day, and you are growing into that, right? Part of confirmation and a part of all of us here today is an acknowledgement that we're a part of what it is Jesus is calling us into. He called those early disciples, and He calls you and me. And a part of the gift is we need to figure out what do we do with this. So let's talk about that. Jesus gives us some very direct and clear instructions. And what we're charged with doing is trying to figure out how do we live into that, right? So the very first thing Jesus says is, I've got authority. I got it from a dad. My dad gave it to me, and my dad is claiming for me and asking me to give it to you. And so Jesus says very simple, straightforward words, go. Go, therefore. Notice that Jesus did not say, hey, if it's convenient for you, if it works into your schedule, if it feels good. He didn't say any of that, did he? He said, go, go therefore, right? 
And, and by golly, it, it, there's two little letters in that word, and yet it's a big old word, isn't it? Go! <laughs> Go do something. Go do something about this. Go do something with this. Go make something of this. And I think for many of us, we get overwhelmed because we think simply and solely. Golly, it's people way across the globe and those missionaries who I, who I help support and encourage, and they go into those foreign lands and they tell others about Jesus. But I, I can't do that. I've got a family. I've got commitment. I've got a job. I've got to do, right? And so we sometimes get overwhelmed with what does that look like? Go. And we forget that go can be right next door or to our friends at school, or to people we already know, or folks that we're just now discovering, right? Go can mean any number of things. It could clearly mean all of those, right? In fact, Jesus would leave these great words with the disciples. One of the last things Jesus said to the disciples, the book of Acts records, and right in the very first chapter, Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? And Jesus had promised it before, and Jesus is telling them again just because uh, they, were, they were like us. They forget, right? So he just tells them again, you're going to get the Holy Spirit, and when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to get power, and you're going to get power to be able to do what? You're going to be able to tell others, and you're going to do it in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, just in case we didn't know where that was, right? But those locations are powerful locations because they speak into our own lives about where it is we're supposed to go. Jerusalem would represent, men where I live, where I exist, right here, Fire Mount, Louisville, Highland Village, Lantana, wherever, right? Right here in Jerusalem. Ju Judea would be sort of the, the larger area. It might be the county, might be the state, it might be just sort of, you know, the surrounding area that, that I kind of exist in but don't go to all the time, right? And then Samaria, that's my favorite place, Samaria. Samaria is the place in our world, in our own personal lives that we don't really want to go to either types of people or types of places or things like you remember the Samaritans were those folks that the Jews didn't want to interact with but Jesus is saying go 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 into Samaria and, and so each one of us has a different Samaria but it's that place or to those people that man we don't have anything in common with or we don't really understand or we don't really appreciate or any number of those things and so confirmands I, I bet you have student friends that may be like that right who, who knows I don't know but then, just in case we didn't get it, Jesus says, and, and then go into the ends of the earth. Go, go, go everywhere, right? So part of what Jesus is just saying is, go. Don't just sit around. Don't just hang on our laurels. Don't just, just sit. Let's go do something about this, right? We got an empty tomb. <laughs> we got a raised Savior. We got something to sing and shout about. Let's go. Let's go. That's the first thing Jesus asks us to do. The second thing Jesus asks us to do is to make disciples confirmands. That's what's been going on in your lives over these last several months, is you've got small group leaders and leaders and minions and some other folks who've been pouring into you, and they've been helping to create something in you, moms and dads as well, other church members. Because a part of what Jesus is pointing out, I think, is anytime we make something, it takes time and energy and effort, right? I mean, you don't just poof, it's there, right? Anytime we make something, whether we make a cake or whether we make a a car or whether we make a model or whether we make uh, anything, we, we put time and energy and effort into it, right? It doesn't just happen. And so part of what Jesus is saying is invest in others. Invest in who they are, what they appreciate, what makes them tick, what they like, right? And help them to know that they're loved. Help them to know they're not loved just by you, but they're loved by Jesus and they're loved by others and they, they can receive a powerful gift from Him. Go make disciples what is a disciple? 
We're supposed to make them. What are they? Well, really, it's pretty simple. But sometimes we don't understand it. A disciple literally is just a learner or a follower of Jesus. And by the very nature of that, if I'm a learner or a follower of Jesus, it means I'm, I'm learning about him, I'm learning who he is, and I'm learning what his teachings are, and I'm learning what he wants me to know. And if I follow him, I follow those teachings, right? And all of that means it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And a part of it began when you were baptized, whether as infants or uh, last couple, three weeks ago. Part of it is that it's going to continue to work on you and in you and through you. And so part of what I want to challenge you as confirmands and moms and dads, aunts and uncles, church members and friends, is we're a work in progress. Jesus is constantly working on us. The faith that we follow and claim in Him is not a destination but a journey. We keep going, right? We keep learning, keep understanding, and have, have insight. I mean, I don't want to get too patronizing here, but, you know, you guys don't need sippy cups anymore, do you? No. You don't need training wheels on your bikes anymore, right? No. But you, um, you can't drive a car yet, can you? You can't uh, go to rated R movies. Don't answer that. My point is, you're still growing, right? You're still coming into what it means to be a young adult, right, an adolescent. And, and friends, you need to know that you can keep working on them and in them and through them as they develop their faith because that's what making a disciple is. It means that you invest yourself in who they are. Jesus did this over and over again, right? But I love the way he put it when in John's gospel he's washing the disciples' feet. And in the 13th chapter, John just says, Jesus tells the disciples after he's washed their feet, he just says, if I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to also do it uh, to others. Just as I've done it to you, so you ought to do it to others. And so, friends, a part of what we need to recognize is that God's still working on us. God still wants to make of you and for you to make of others followers of Jesus. And it starts with a word, it starts with a, a care, and it continues in a relationship, and it continues to help develop people. That's the only way creation and making can work. So confirmands, no, you're not done. You may not be in class anymore, you might, be, might not have formal uh, kind of structure to any of it, but all of us are still learning and growing and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Finally, what Jesus says is not only go and not only make, but he said, now, remember, you need to teach as well. And teach is so helpful, right? Because it simply means we all can learn more. I've been preaching for 30 years, and I'm still learning. I'm a seminary graduate, and I'm still learning about Jesus and God's mercy and God's grace and God's forgiveness and I get new insights every single day. In fact, um, part of what Jesus wants us to know is we ought to be born again every single day. Every single day we ought to learn something more about Jesus. We ought to grow more in our relationship with Jesus. And that happens every single day. You might have a new encounter or a new understanding of who he is. And, and all Jesus wants us to do when we teach is teach a simple concept. You know what it is? Love. You know, in all the things Jesus taught, and he taught a lot, didn't he? In all the things Jesus taught, he said, I, I can summarize it in, in two things. 
Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, if you'll do all those things, everything else will work. Matthew's gospel put it quite simply. I love it. It's my favorite way that, uh, that Jesus says it. In Matthew's gospel, in the 22nd chapter, it just says, uh, uh, look, on these two, love God, love neighbor, on these two hang all of the law and the prophets, everything. Everything you ever read, everything you ever understood, everything you ever uh, recognized, everything hangs on these two. And so when you teach about Jesus, when you teach about God's love, when you teach what it means to be a follower of Jesus, teach that. Love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. See, this is what Jesus asks us to do. And church, these folks are not done. These young people, they're not done. So keep volunteering. Keep stepping up to the plate. Keep helping them to know what God's love looks like every single day. Confirmands, you're not done. You've got friends at school, people on your soccer team, baseball team, dance troupe. You've got people you know who need to know that they're loved, that they're forgiven, that they can be cherished by God. Go. Make. Teach. Friends, that's all Jesus is asking. He's asking for us to not forget this commission that we've got with him. And, and here's the best news of all. <laughs> he said it right at the end. If this is scary, if this is hard, if this is something that's difficult for you, remember this, Jesus said, I'm with you. I'm with you till the end of the age. I'm with you. You are not alone. So I hope this day and the next, confirmands and friends, that you'll remember you're not alone. Jesus is there with you. And we need, we must go and make and teach. And the world, because of that, will be transformed. What a powerful gift. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the gift of your son Jesus, for the wonderful ways that he claims us for this co-mission with him. Help us, Lord, this day and the next to follow as closely as we can, to learn from him every day, and to share this great gift with others. God, we're grateful for these confirmands and for their affirmation of their faith in Christ and for the ways in which they will continue to live it out each and every day. God, this is our prayer, and we lift it in the name of the one, Jesus, whom we know to be the Christ. Amen.